The Athletic. Totally Football Show. Today, what's going down and who's coming up on a tumultuous final weekend of the season? We check on Everton, Leicester and Leeds. We hail Enciso after another sparkling seagull performance with City. We hear about Wednesday and how they caused Peterborough owls last Thursday. Ask if it's awkward relegating your fellow professionals and decide our final semi-finalist in the Intertotally. It's the Totally Football Show. May 25th. Hello, listener. Here we are in the studio with uh, Duncan Alexander. Hello. Hello. Also, Adrian Clark. Good morning. Nice to see you, Adrian. And fresh back from Leon, Tom Williams. Hello, James. I was going to ask you what you're doing, but you can't say what you're no, doing in Leon. Top secret. Right. Top secret. I recommend Leon, though. Oh, it's a culinary capital of France. It's mm. about an hour and 10 minute flight. Out of out of London Gatwick, really. Um, weather generally pretty good. Mm. Food is exceptional. Right, lovely, lovely, Gateway friendly to the people. Alps, I think you'll find Gateway to the Alps. There's yeah. that. There's that too. If you're a you know an Alpine, if you like an Alp, you like an Alp. There's plenty of them. You've been to Leon? Haven't no. no. I like an Alpen. Does that count? Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. That's where it comes from. Yeah. I believe. Is that right? I mean, I wish, I wish <laughs> anyway, <you'd> listener. <laughs> Stop. Take your finger from that pause button. Uh, we've got big football to talk about. This weekend, the Premier League season is over. I can't believe it. I want to run to you. Really can't believe this. Eh? Mm. It's just... How, how did that happen? How are we at the final weekend? I feel like for a while, we were around like game 30, 31, mm. 32. And then it was like, man, there's still a lot of games to go. And then suddenly, here we are. It's Thursday and the season's on Sunday. We were circling the drain for a while and now... Now we're <laughs> in it. it but oh, yeah. It's both the it. longest season any human could envisage. And yet there's lots of it. Like you said, <laughs> there, Tom, I don't remember. I can't remember a time a before this season. I don't think this was the longest season. And obviously I have no facts to back this up. But surely the season when they stopped for three months for a pandemic. Remember that? Wasn't that a longer season? Yeah, in terms of like July in or terms something. of months used up, yeah. yeah. But I'm 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 talking psychologically, spiritually. Oh, yeah, right. You know, I mean it's been pointed out many times, but the the fact that the the Conte aggressive handshake um at the start of the season, that was this season. No. Yeah. I bet there's loads of stuff that happened in August and September that mm. we've completed. I can even remember the World Cup, and that was like the the big thing. No, I, I, <laughs> I remember when we were watching Cup, uh, Man City Brighton. Uh, Thank you for forgotten that. <laughs> what was that? You forgot? I said I remember Wales in the World Cup. No one else did. <laughs> but on the subject of the World Cup, watching Brighton Man City, say, "Wow, what a great season for football this has been," and that largely meaningless game somehow brought to mind that most meaningful of games, the World Cup final. And I literally couldn't remember what had happened. And Bappi had scored a goal. Turned out he got two in about 90 mm. seconds. Mm. And then there was all sorts of drama involving penalties, really. I recommend going back and checking it oh, out. Oh, yeah. It was, it, was, it was a good one. The thing I remember most about that final is, is that you couldn't speak, James. That's true. I couldn't, could I? <laughs> and what we were wondering, well, what, what one unemployed man by the name of Ronaldo might be thinking about all of this... <laughs> Um, they then go 2 0 up, and this yeah, one. Yeah, viral. Well, through emotion. We, we did a show, yeah, we did a show straight after, and basically you couldn't Really talk, shouldn't have done that show, yeah. Mm. All right. Uh, Duncan, you did a lovely piece about things that people think happened this season and didn't, mm. which is up on The Athletic right now. It is, yeah. Among the topics, did Arsenal bottle it? Yeah. Uh, were the scorelines really that crazy? Mm. You've got some surprising answers to those questions. Yeah, very surprising. Oh, well, People I, should check it out. Yeah. But, um, yeah. yeah I mean, I was just going to say, one thing that you do uh, reference is on the whole Arsenal thing is, is, is that actually Haaland or Haaland is arguably the bigger bottler of the two because he seems set for a kind of triple-figure mm. trajectory and, and uh, instead looks like he's going to fall short of Dixie Dean. How many goals does he need against Brentford on the final day? Uh, well, he's obviously got two, because he's chasing Dixie Dean's all-comps record, right. which has suddenly been unearthed this season okay. for mysterious reasons. Um, so he's obviously got the two cup finals as well. Oh, but yeah. yeah, he needs like 11 goals in, in three games, which... That's not impossible. Not impossible, but he has slowed down. He was tracking Dean at the start of the season, and then he sort of caught him up a little bit when he scored that those five goals in the champ in that Champions League game, but I mean he's gone off the boil. He's mm. he's at sort of you know Chris Sutton levels of uh, he's peaked, he's flopped. You heard it here first. Yeah. Alexander yeah. has 
has finished Erling Haaland. He said, well, it essentially he's turned into a Creighton, hasn't he? A mm. little assist uh, yeah. last night. Mr. Sitter as well in the first half. Yeah. yeah. Had a goal disallowed. Uh, Give us the stat about his assist, Duncan. Well, he's now got eight for the season, which means he's got more in a single season in the Premier League than Paul Scholes ever managed. So, um, But, but... Uh, here we go. In Paul Scholes' defence, mm. he was never renowned as being an assister. When he first broke into the team, he was kind of a second striker, goal scorer, you know, arriving late in the box yeah. a la Frank Lampard. And then by the end of his career, he was a he sort was of... He was a sprayer around, He was a sprayer he? of passes, a holder true. and an organiser. And mm. there wasn't really anything... I don't think there was much in between. He was either a goal scoring midfielder or he was a string puller, sort of, you know... Yeah, that, that is a fair... Ticking the ginger pillow well, before his huh? time. A ticking midfield tackling time bomb as well. And the, uh, that too. Yeah, yeah it's, hard to, it's too. hard to assist when your studs are in someone's knee, I suppose. Yeah, there is well, that. There yeah. is that. Could hit a tree though, couldn't he? Oh, he could hit a tree. Could, hit a tree. could he hit a tree? All right, match day 38 as it's billed coming up then on Sunday. Everything happening at the same time at 4.30, the kickoffs. Are still to be decided the identity of next season's Thursday night Euro Warriors. Can Spurs push past Villa? Also, two relegation spots alongside Southampton. Three teams in the mix there. Everton, who are two points clear of Leicester and Leeds. Leeds need to beat Spurs, and they need the other two teams to lose. Leicester need to win their game, which is against West Ham, and they need Everton not to win when they host Bournemouth. Elsewhere, you've got Villa, Brighton, Villa with a win conceal their European spot. Brentford against Man City, as mentioned. Man United, Fulham. A repeat of the FA Cup meltdown mm. fixture. Chelsea, Newcastle, Arsenal, Wolves, Saints, Liverpool and Palace Forest. Uh, a fixture for which both sets of supporters would be delighted that there's absolutely nothing quite, riding quite on Quite a it. nice phrase, though, isn't it? Palace Forest. Sounds like a sort of medieval... Or Forest Palace, perhaps. Well, a medieval cartographer. You'd find in Zelda. Like Palace yeah. Forest. I think we sometimes overlook what an enchanting name Crystal Palace Football Club have. Mm. The first football match I can ever remember was the 1990 FA Cup final, Crystal Palace against Manchester United. And my dad said, oh, you know, who are you going to support? I was like, oh, who's playing? <laughs> and I was like, sorry, one of the teams is called Crystal Palace. It sounded yeah. like something from a, a Disney adventure. Yeah. Obviously, Princess. as fans of Crystal Palace will be able to uh, yeah. testify. No, but it's a good nothing point. like that. You should write a book about the nicest names of football I'll teams. Add it, I'll add it to the Get a long read on it, I'm sure, on The Athletic. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. other... Well, um, I think Dom, our friend Dom Fifield did a piece oh, um, about where all the different suffixes for English football clubs come from. Right. From your, from your Wanderers to your Palaces to your Alexandras to your, your Forests. Yeah. Mm. Good stuff. Listen, it's almost like there's not much to talk about. <laughs> yeah, there is. This is the Totally Football Show, part of the Athletic Podcast Network and sponsored by LiveScore Bet. You can get the latest football betting odds at LiveScoreBet.com. It's over 18s only. Please bet responsibly and be gambleaware.org. Let's get on to that relegation battle. All right, so Everton, of the three other side, with their fate in their hands, no, Adrian, mm. uh, they're taking on Bournemouth. It's the thing, Bournemouth, uh, West Ham, and to an extent Spurs don't really have much. I mean, Spurs maybe have a bit, little bit to play for. Mm. Have you? Were you ever involved in a, a game against a team for whom the consequences could be enormous, could be dramatic, career-changing, and there was nothing in it for mm. you? And if so, was it a bit awkward if you went out and played a bit? <laughs> Do you know what? I can't. I can't honestly think off the top of my head that I was. But I don't think it would come into a footballer's head. You don't think it would? No, no. So because if you're you... Bournemouth out there and yeah. Everton are battling for their survival in the face think... of financial meltdown, you wouldn't feel a bit awkward about scoring? No, I think that it, it adds a little bit of adrenaline to it. If anything, it gives you a little bit more motivation. Just to, It makes the match matter, doesn't it? Because it's like if the match really doesn't matter to both teams, what's yeah. the point? But if there's some, a little bit of spice on it, I think you the see, pro your fellow, in you... Your fellow just... professionals... No, you've, well, you, you might have mates at the, at the other oh, team. Yeah, you might true. have mates but at the other team. This is your Italy side. Yeah, this is the Italy thing. This is the cultural yeah. heritage of having fought in Serie A for so long. Because in Italy, right, it's yeah. if in that it's situation, what was Everton have been saying to Bournemouth, well, we want... Spareggio Bianco. You, do you remember Sylvain Distan? We both love Sylvain Distan. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah. What was the story about... We only need a point. We'll yeah. keep the ball around. There was a story about Materazzi crying on the pitch because a team were trying too hard. Oh, yeah, no, that's, <laughs> I think you're referring to May the 5th, the Cinque Maggio, 2002, ah, yes. when Inter were all set to win the title. Oh, was there? 
You went to Lazio for that game? Yeah. Seriously? Yeah, I said that match, yeah. D- and the context, and you know, if you want like a proper dive into this, we did a, a, a Golazzo podcast on this with Gabriele Marcotti and James Horncastle. And, and yeah, because of that last day culture, Lazio didn't have anything to play for. And their fans were twinned with, yeah. with Inters. And also Lazio, I think, and most neutrals would much rather Inter win than Juventus yeah. take the title. And Lazio beating uh, Inter saw that scenario happen, which led to the bizarre thing. I mean, I don't know if I, you remember this. The Lazio fans were cheering on Inter. Yeah, no, I was sat next to a man who ripped out his seat and threw it like a frisbee at Karol Poborski because he was so enraged at Poborski scoring two goals. And I, I was with someone who wasn't a big football fan. And, right. And she said, um, "Why? I thought they were Lazio fans. Why are they trying to hurt their own players? And it's a complicated <laughs> business. Yeah. <laughs> No, that's incredible. So you were there. What a game to go to. <laughs> it's so random. It's such an infamous match, though. Uh, and yeah. you didn't invite him on your special Galazzo No, I had no idea that Duncan was <laughs> We record it immediately. Yeah. Um, look, in England, that doesn't exist. I th- I, honestly, I think that from Bournemouth's end, Gary mm. O'Neill has lost the last three matches. And Gary O'Neill doesn't strike me as the type of guy that would want to lose four on the spin to end a season. And, and I think he'll fire them up. I really do for the game. And, mm. and they are a bit of a bogey team for Everton. They've won four on the spin. <laughs> Get this. But they won the last four against Everton. Yeah, that's what I meant. Mm. Yeah, for the last four on the spin. But they've also scored at least three goals in all of those matches. So Everton really hate playing against the Cherries. But Everton are at home. They, they have a really good, good record at Goodison, don't they? Not lately. No, they've lost the last threes. But they've lost been, the last three. They've been poor all season. What, what I, I've written a piece on this, actually. The... How can Everton win this game? What's their best chance? It's undoubtedly set pieces. Is Calvert Lewin fit? We don't know yet. I think it's going to be a late call. They've got they've got a concern over the two fullbacks as well, Patson and Mikalenko. Everton obviously don't score that many goals. If Calvert Lewin's missing, unless that, they're playing Brighton, yeah, of course, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, so set pieces, I think, uh, might be the best bet. Bournemouth are good at a lot of things, but but defending set pieces is is not one of them. Um, they've conceded 16 from corners um, this year, and I think Everton can hurt them from from that. I think that's uh, that's their best avenue. If Everton win that game, then that's it. Leeds and Leicester go down. But uh, yeah, you're. I, I I don't think this is a gimme at all mm. for Everton. I, I I don't. I think the fact that Bournemouth have lost three on the trot coming into it, no one wants to lose four on the spin before they go off on their summer holidays. Mm. There'll be a real determination for, um, among the Cherries players mm. and the management. To, to put up a you know good showing for the supporters. Yeah, even with that perhaps slightly more motivation for, for Everton's well, players. But yeah. But, but pressure too. Pressure too. Very good point. So if Everton do drop points and even a draw leaves the door open for Leicester and Leeds to potentially stay up. Potentially, which is why that point at St James's Park was so valuable to Leicester City and why the ultra-defensive strategy of Dean Smith, mm. leaving out his two-star players, going basically with nine at the back, it could turn out to be a genius tactical move. They almost sneaked the win at the end, didn't they? Yeah, it could turn out to be So this was Monday night. Amazing. Newcastle-Leicester, a game which I think few people thought Leicester were going to get anything from. On Including the Dean there. Smith. Right. Because he obviously thought, the best we can get here is a draw. We can't go out here and play for the win. We have to play for the draw and hope, hope for the win. And they got that point, and that point now puts a lot more pressure on Everton than a defeat would have done. Mm. So I, I think it was actually a smart play but it will only be seen as genius if, of course, Leicester survive. Mm-hmm. 23 shots on Monday for Newcastle. Just the one for Leicester. Uh, it was a good one. Yeah. Coming in the 91st minute. Yeah. I mean, there you go. Will they become the second team in Premier League history to be relegated from the Premier League after winning it? Hmm. What do you think of their chances against West Ham? Of course, if they if they score early, that plays into it as well, Adrian. No, because the players are going to know what's happening. The transistor if, radios. The be... transistor radios will be deployed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is, this is the day Crackling. for the transistor, isn't it? Right. This is the day when they they make their comeback. Yeah, no, an early goal would be great. Obviously, for for Leicester City, it will heat pressure on on Everton. Barnes and Madison have to come back in the team. Obviously, basically, he's got to flip. You love a flip reverse, don't you, mm. um, Duncan? It, they've got to flip reverse their tactics and kind of go front foot from the get-go. I think it's all about Barnes and Madison in, in this game. They've, they've been the, the go-to guys for, for Leicester. I was looking at all the games that Leicester have won this season. There aren't that many. Eight. Eight wins. Mm. Barnes and Madison, whenever they've played, 
they've scored or assisted. Madison's record in the games they've won is six goals, four assists from six appearances wow. in matches they've won. Barnes, six goals in seven appearances when they've won. So when Leicester get it together, it's normally because of Barnes and Madison. So right. they need them to, to bring their A game against West Ham. I, th- I think they'll win, won't they? Yeah, I mean, I guess the expectation is that West Ham have got nothing to play for and therefore West Ham will roll over. They've got, you know, Europa Conference League final to prepare for, albeit it's 10 days away. But then, you know, they were up against Leeds uh, last weekend. Leeds in a similar position, fighting for their lives. Leeds who went ahead. And, OK, Leeds are very poor but you know West Ham didn't roll over they hit back won pretty convincingly and there is that sort of you know that kind of feel good factor around West Ham they have been playing a lot better of late putting more wins on the board could be Declan Rice's last ever game in in, in a West Ham shirt Mm. Leicester I think have won one of the last 15 games Um, and you know of course you, you know you do get just the one and, you know, you do get weird results on the final day and, you know, Leicester on paper are capable of winning this. But again, you, you can't necessarily assume that because the team have nothing to play for, right. they're not going to turn up. Because actually, you take all the pressure off a very talented group of football players and you might get a better performance than you would have done if they yeah. had the, you know, Playing the proverbial dagger the to their throat. Well, well, you know, I think 10 yeah. days ahead as well, if he, if he leaves out most of his starters... Mm. They'll have gone over two weeks yeah, without playing before the momentum. final. So I think he'll pick yeah. a really strong team. The, the the negative, as far as West Ham are concerned, is will those players selected be scared of getting injured? And I, I think mm. I think that that is a factor among footballers. You can't you can't think about it consciously on the pitch, but it's definitely a thing. What about Leeds? Can we assume that they are doomed? Not necessarily, because Spurs are having a really poor season. Mm. Yes, there's a possibility of them finishing seventh. Do they really want to finish seventh and and sneak into the Europa Conference League next season? Possibly not. Um, And Spurs are so poor. As you look at the goals they've let in in recent weeks, 3-1 at home against Brentford last Mm -hmm. weekend. They shipped four at Anfield, having thought that they'd rescued a point right at the end of the game. Six against Newcastle. Um, I mean, Harry Kane will score because he always scores on the final day. That is is scorer on the final day of all time. Is that right? Mm. Loves the final day. But I think Mm. if you're Leeds, you, you know, if you're a Leeds fan, you'd be hopeful of, you'd be hopeful of a win. Right, as bad as Leeds have been. Spurs final day for Harry Kane, of course. In in other Tottenham related news, uh, Arnie Slot. All this talk of me going to Spurs, that's all it is. Just talk. I want to stay here at Feyenoord. Huh? No one wants it, do they? No one wants the gig. No one wants at the minute. I mean, we're going to end up, I think, with with a Brendan Rodgers or Graham Potter, aren't we, at Tottenham? I think that is that the way we're we're heading here. I feel it feels like it. I mean, it, it feels very 2021 again. All of a sudden, at mm. Tottenham, 2021 was the was the summer of their endless search for mm. a head coach, which ended up with them hiring Nuno Espirito Santo, right. which and didn't end there. Did not work all that. And well. I don't yeah. think Potter or Rogers would be a disastrous appointment. Oh, not by the way, no, 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 both very good, both very mm. good. Mm. But I just think, yeah, I mean, from from an, from an Arsenal perspective, Arsenal supporting perspective, it's funny. To see, you know, a number of managers sort yeah, of Yeah, when you spurn, say they're in good appointments, do you mean from an Arsenal? <laughs> no, Tottenham will attract, will, will attract an excellent coach. Will will, they? Of course they will. Mm. Of course they will. Um, would it be more attractive if they were out of Europe or not? I think possibly because it just allows them that bit more time on the training ground to to, to get the methods in without that, that crowded sort of schedule in the conference league so we'll have to see um, mm. much will depend obviously on what Villa do against against Brighton on that final day but just very quickly on Kane I mean what a season mm. what a season if, if there was I, no Haaland we'd, yeah. you know, this would be the season that we'd be I, raving mm. about Harry. I mean he's second top scorer in Europe's five major leagues Kane and we kind of overlook yeah. how good a season he's having because of Haaland but 28 right. goals in a misfiring in a, Spurs in a Ming in Spurs team in a, in a season that. when yeah. Son Heung-min yeah. has gone off the boil as well is incredible he's how, so, how many assists? Not that high. He's gone back. Is it not? So, okay. Yeah. He's also set the record for headed goals. Yeah. First player to ever score 10 uh, or more in a, in a Premier League season. And I, In the way that you can have great consolation goals that kind of get forgotten because, you know, they didn't mean anything. I think this Harry Kane season was like the consolation season. It's like, it's been, if you actually saw the highlights of it, you'd be like, wow, what a player. But in the context of how Spurs have actually done, it's like, yeah. 
But, you know, mm. he's inching closer to Shearer, and that's maybe all that matters. Okay. How close? <laughs> he's on 2.11 now. Shearer's on 2.60. So Ooh. 283 overall. Actually historic, but yeah. The Dell. Was it name? <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't been mentioned yet, right? Okay, so Harry Kane's been strongly linked obviously with a number of clubs. Man United is the obvious one, right? Mm. Where they need a centre forward. It seems that, that it would be a great fit. No one's mentioned um Newcastle, have they? Who have obviously got the funds and they're in I the Champions it on League. This very pod a few Did you? Ago. Oh right, I mm. missed that. But it would it would be sort of great trolling on yeah. Harry Kane's part to go and join Newcastle and break the Premier League goalscoring record in the black and white. And right. adopt a Geordie accent and just make it really obvious <laughs> that yeah. that's the only thing that he's playing for in the rest of his career. Right. Get an Alan Shearer hairstyle. Yeah. Start mimicking the celebration and just make, and just become like the heel of the Premier League. Yeah. Do it. It'd be so Do good. It. It'd be so good. I'm sure Shearer would be delighted. Mm. It'd add a free son, wouldn't it? Yeah. An extra. I mean, it's exciting enough that Kane is, has got the record say, in his He'd call himself Harry Shearer, but that's the guy from The Simpsons, right? Yeah. So. Well, Spinal Tap. Yeah. Spinal Tap. Uh, Derek Smalls uh, sounds like an Aston Villa player from the 90s yeah very much so good anyway uh, other Premier League games this weekend largely meaningless oh actually before we move on so who's going to go down I'm going to go for an escape for Ooh. Leicester City I, th- I think they're going to win and I think that Bournemouth can get at least a draw uh, go to some part I think this might this might be their time that, look, anything could happen but that's, that's, my, that's my gut that's what your gut's telling you what's your gut telling you Tom I think the status quo will be preserved mm. and Everton will survive. But I absolutely see where Adrian's coming from. I think Everton Bournemouth will be a real mm. scrap. Right. I mean, it does feel like there's a glitch in the Premier League code where Everton actually can't go down. It, like They've come close before and they mm. always pull it off. I mean, obviously, famously in 94 when they were 2 0 down at home on the final day and pulled it back to 3 2 um, with some goals. Uh, and you, we might see this, the same thing this weekend. But I don't know. I just I've got a feeling, Big Sam's not finished. He hasn't won yet. He's got right. that seven-figure sum just sitting there mm. in a glass box. I don't know. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know. I just got I've got a feeling. That but, but Leeds, it's Leeds obligatory. It's obligatory that they'll concede at least two. So they're going to need they're going to need to score three or four, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> but and is Patrick Bamford out injured and is that relevant? That's a pretty a plus, isn't it? Yeah. For is them. It really? Yeah. Okay. Rodri- well, I, no, I'm being harsh, but he hasn't mm. finished the season no, I think in rip style. appreciate, unless you're a fan of one of the teams involved, in which case it's going to be the worst afternoon of your life, but we mm. should appreciate the the sheer drama that, that we're getting to witness. Because some, sometimes the last day of the Premier League season is a little bit dead and buried. But mm. and, three, and three like big historic clubs, yeah. you know. The championship Sometimes you're stacked. like, oh, well, if they go down, it's kind of the natural order being restored. Mm. But, I mean, three three yeah, biggies. This four. year's championship, I think, was three quite weak. Three champions. Next year's is going to be mm. This is only the fourth time that all three promoted teams have stayed up in Premier League history. Wow. So. There you go. One thing's for certain, there'll be more twists and turns before this story has its final chapter. Uh, now, if it's drama you're after this weekend, it's not just the Premier League on offer because... You've got playoff finals at Wembley, Saturday, Sunday and Monday. Our Nancy Froston is off to the National Stadium for all three and she joins us next. This is the Totally Football Show, sponsored by LiveScoreBet. With BetBuilder from LiveScoreBet, you can combine markets from thousands of options to create your own bet on the biggest football fixtures in the Premier League, the Champions League, the EFL and around the world. So if you think you can successfully pick the first goal scorer, the final score, the total number of corners and whether there'll be a red card, then use BetBuilder from LiveScoreBet to make up to six selections and get a single bet with the combined odds. Or if you can't make up your mind, you can choose from the pre-built quick bet options. BetBuilder from LiveScoreBet. Building a bet just got easier. Find out more at LiveScoreBet.com or by downloading the LiveScoreBet app on Android and iPhone. It's over 18s only. Full account terms apply. And of course, please bet responsibly and be gambleaware.org. This episode is supported by Season 3 of FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League 2 after 15 seasons in the National League. 
Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the city's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher division. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenges and rise again into League One? FX is welcome to Wrexham. Catch all new episodes Thursdays on FX. Stream on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. This is the Totally Football Show, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. The Athletic is the only place you can read articles by Daniel Taylor, Amy Lawrence, Phil Hay, James Pierce, Ollie Kay, and the very best football writers around. Playoff finals this weekend, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Saturday, it is the championship playoff final, Luton against Coventry. Uh, on Sunday, League Two playoff final, Pitts Carlisle against Stockport, who are going for back-to-back promotions. And then on Monday, League One's playoff final, which features Sheffield Wednesday against Barnsley in a Yorkshire derby, of course. These finals will have to be pretty special if they're going to live up to what Sheffield Wednesday did last Thursday when they were involved in what is, I think, generally hailed as pretty much the greatest comeback in any sport ever by anyone. It's Barry Barron to Johnson, lifted in by Johnson, headed across the base and goal and in! It's Liam Palmer! For context, after an amazing season under Darren Moore, they look like the classic leaders who lose momentum at the key moment. They miss out on the automatic promotion places, go into the playoffs, which they've got an awful record in. And Julie went and lost the first leg of their semi-final 4-0 against Peterborough. Q fans going on social media to tear up their tickets for the return leg at Hillsborough. However, what happened there was just, well, are there words to describe it? Nancy... You, you came up with loads of words to describe it in your excellent piece on The Athletic. Thank you for joining us today. First of all, what did you make of the game last week? I mean, um, I needed lots of words because I was kind of like, how do you make sense of a game like that? Properly a fairy tale against all odds situation. I think there was um, a, a woman in, who owns one of the local pubs who had a a sign up after the first leg saying, um, you know, ring to book your minibus to Wembley. And she'd got loads of phone calls with abuse, obviously. People laughing at her. Um, and she's been swamped with calls because they, they did it. They did it. Um, yeah, remarkable. Adrian, you were actually there at Hillsborough as well. I was, yeah, very lucky. I mean, I wasn't even supposed to be there. I was at the Middlesbrough Coventry game the night before stayed over and then I was driving home and I got the call someone's dropped out can you can you cover it for for radio and what it, did you think well I mean is it I, worth it yeah well I, I wanted to do it because it's it's a playoff game but right. I thought this is a dead rubber nothing's going to happen we were on the we were on the TalkSport app you know it wasn't even on the radio right and and obviously with with what happened it got to 3-0 well so just and, for and basically wasn't we, yeah. following it i mean the reason it was so extraordinary they scored two early goals yeah so basically i th- i'd said on air i'd said they need to be 2-0 up at half time mm. and and they got the early penalty and, they, and then the, the fans got up and basically you could see the panic in the peterborough players eyes they they really did get flustered by it the noise was it was amazing inside hillsborough and it got it. It was nothing tactical, in my opinion. I think it was just sheer willpower on Sheffield Wednesday's part to to believe that they could pull it back. And they, once they got the second by half time, everyone was up. The third goal, it just went crazy, and you, then then you just thought this going to happen but of course even, it, it happens with the last kick of the match which yeah. is just even more dramatic so 70 minutes to go they they still needed to find another two goals to, mm. to level it and, mm. and even with that third goal from Reese James mm. no mm. the the fourth six minutes of time added on at the end of the 90 but then it's in what the 98th minute that they finally get the the, the, the goal that levels it sends it to extra time yeah I think um one of the Peterborough players had gone down with cramp or something like that that led to the extra two. And, um, you know, to have any player that you want to score that goal, Liam Palmer's been there all through the academy until I think last season he hadn't scored a goal for 11 years. 
remarkable. Um, he scored a bit more now this season, but yeah, proper scrappy finish. That's the sort of one you want, isn't it? For... I mean, what what was interesting about that goal as well was obviously Peterborough, managed by Darren Ferguson, complained about the the additional time, but mm. as we know, it's a minimum is what's said. Is but, there much history in his family? Of well, the, well, the exact point is that <laughs> who were the team that Manchester United were playing when Fergie time yeah. was invented? It was Sheffield Wednesday. No. Remember. So this was the universe cosmically rewriting itself. <laughs> <Good Lord. laughs> That's good. That is good. Of course, it was the big centre-half pushed up into a centre-four position that, that made that equalising goal as well with Aidan Flint at the, at the far stick. He's about six foot five and he nodded it across for Palmer. Yeah, it was just absolute carnage. And then, of course, they get a punch in the stomach in extra time mm. because Peterborough score and you think, well, that's it. Five, you know, the, 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 the pin in the balloon. But then they pull it back again. And yeah, it was... Just, honestly, I think, I think it might be the the best match I've ever been at, ever in the flesh. Certainly the, the most exhilarating. Um, I was at Arsenal Bournemouth earlier in the season, which was pretty exciting, I've got to say. But this was this was astonishing. So yeah, yeah, very very lucky. Right, Nancy, w- would you go along with that greatest game you've ever seen? Yeah, I'm trying to think. I mean, I was at the National League week before, which again, for drama of the team having made up a massive points tally and still not gone up automatically um, in Notts County. Given what Wednesday had to overhaul. Yeah, easily. Incredible. Of course, all that drum will count for nothing at Wembley come uh, Monday when they took on uh, their neighbours Barnsley. Uh, what what do you think on that one? D- does the momentum acquired, does the uh, forces of cosmic karma, etc., behind them, does that give them the edge? I mean, if you're going to go into a game with that sort of high and that sort of momentum, they're, they're probably our favourites now, which I think to a degree suits Barnsley. Because, you know, they've beaten Wednesday, I think both times in the league this season, they do a lot of things in a in a really effective, interesting way. I was at the Barnsley Sheffield Wednesday game earlier in the season when Barnsley won four two. Um Sheffield Wednesday are the better team. They've got better individuals. But what Barnsley do is they press unbelievably. They're like really aggressive and they're fit and strong and from turnovers, they're super efficient. I think I think if Wednesday are tired, if they're mentally tired, Barnsley are the worst possible opponent for them because they're going to be in their face. Mm. I think this is going to be a, I think this might be the best player final of the three. I think uh, I think it'll be cracker. Well that's the League One playoff final. What about the championship playoff final on Saturday? Who's going to be coming up between Luton with their quaint old ground, Kenilworth Road, and this Coventry lot? I think I'm going to be bold and I'm going to say Coventry. They just, at so many points in the last 18 months, have refused to lie down or refused to be beaten. They're so effective on the counter-attack. And I just think when it comes down to it, I don't know, I can just see them coming up with something. And that's nothing against Luton because they've got some brilliant players and they'll be really hard to break down. And Carlton Morris has had a brilliant season. There's a lot of players that have just absolutely, you know, had the season of their lives. But I don't know, something's making me lean towards Coventry. I think it's, it's a 50-50 game, genuinely. I, I'm the same, though. I've got to, I've got to say, they've got two players, uh, Victor Jokeres up front and Gustavo Hamer, who's a central midfielder, sort of an attacking central midfielder. These two are Premier League players, really. They're, they're quality. Jokeres is an absolute handful. He's so quick. He makes run after run after run, with or without the ball. He's a good dribbler as well. And he's the most likely match winner on the pitch. Uh, Gustavo Hamer got the, got the winner in the in the semi final. He's a real all action player. Luton are a great team, really strong and powerful. Two big lads up front. I just feel that Coventry have got big lads at the back. They're very resilient. Obviously, they had two clean sheets against Borough across the semi finals. I just think if there's a team out there that can handle Luton's aerial bombardment, it might just be Coventry. But from there, and it'll be a weird game for them because they're used to not having much of the ball cough. They want to play on the counter. But in this game, neither team really are a possession-based. So it'll be interesting to see who, who has it. I, I think it'll be tight. Could go to extra time. But just leaning 
slightly towards Coventry, but I love them both, and it will be a fairy tale for for either to to go up. It genuinely would. It'd be amazing. Um, I, I commentated on Coventry, I think five years ago. They were in League Two. Luton were in the National League not that long ago on their knees. So this would be incredible. Um, and, and they're very likeable. I mean, Rob, Mark Robbins is a good guy. And Rob Edwards, I've spoken to him a number of times. Just just a top bloke. Um, yeah, for them to be on the verge of this is, is superb. Yeah, particularly when, as has been off-reported, he got pinned <laughs> off 10 games this It's the ultimate off. payback, isn't yeah. it? It's sort of from payoff to payback, isn't it? From uh, Go up with their rivals, yeah. Watford rivals, yeah. I mean, Watford fans... I've got a lot to be miserable about mm. already, but you know, a loot and wind would just tip them over. Wouldn't and they're it? usually so patient with the managers as well. I mean, they're really going to regret that. I mean, it's the quite other a long thing, stint for Watford. If Luton do come up, I mean, obviously they were involved in the creation of the Premier League because mm. they were in the top flight the season before it started, and they've they've waited a long time to to actually play in it. So right. Basically, everything comes back to ninety two, ninety three, is what Duncan's saying. Mm. Well, if Mark, Mark Robbins as well, the man yes. who saved Ferguson's yeah. job. So I mean, you know. It's, it's all linked. He scored a hat trick. Did he score against Arsenal on the first weekend of the Premier League? I'm sure he did. Arsenal Norwich. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I was at the game. Mm. He, yeah, Norwich. Norwich played really from well from two 0 down. Arsenal. They won four two. Yeah. yeah, and uh, were you playing in that? Or? No, I was like, no, I was in the youth team, but oh, I, was, right. I was sat there in the sun watching it, getting getting a burnt forehead. Nice. Um, but yeah, yeah, Mark, that's my early memory of Mark Robbins. Just back to the fairy tale football that will be taking place this. <laughs> This weekend, you've also got a League Two playoff final, Carlisle against Stockport. Nancy, any thoughts on that? Yeah, great story in terms of both managers kind of taking the job at both clubs after a bit of a remarkable story. Uh, you know, Paul Simpson back at the club, having led them to promotion twice, came back to Carlisle in February last year and um, was only eight months after having cancer treatment for kidney cancer. Saves them from a relegation battle and then, you know, now leads them to Wembley. So he's already a club, you know, a bit of a club legend. And then in the same crazy fairy tale story thing, you've got Fort who have been through absolutely loads as a club. Dave Chandler gets partly pull up from the National League, decides through some mad decision. I think he said he didn't know if it was mad or stupid to drop back into the National League to bring Stockport up. And, um, yeah, on the on the brink of potentially back-to-back promotions. So it's a good lesson in how having a very strong National League squad could get you to League One in quite a short space of time. All right. Well, we'll find out, I guess, on Sunday uh, with that League Two play final. Are you going to all three, Nancy? I am. Brilliant. All right, well, I really enjoyed your coverage of all the uh, the playoffs so far, so I look forward to hearing your many words on all of those. Thank you for joining us today. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right, next up, let's round up the rest of the weekend's action, the rest of the 4.30 kickoffs on Sunday in the Premier League. Oh, and have a bit of a chat more about that remarkable Brighton Man City game. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. We're sponsored for this episode of the Totally Football Show by Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform helping you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, which is up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. Plus, you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. And what's more, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 support is there to help your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. 
Now, because you listen to The Totally Football Show, you can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash totally, all in lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash totally to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. That's S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash totally. You're listening to The Totally Football Show with James Richardson, sponsored by LifeScore Bet. You can get the latest football betting odds at LifeScoreBet.com. It's over 18s only. Please bet responsibly and be gambleaware.org. And CISO. Oh, it's fabulous! A strike to get you up off your seat! John Muller writing, uh, Man City Brighton Wednesday with zero competitive stakes. It's the highest form of soccer, just pure aesthetics. For the hell of it, what what a game it was, Adrian. Yeah, I thought it was fantastic. It was it was two exceptionally well coached teams going for it, really, mm. in a, in a bit of a dead rubber. But we saw a lot of a lot of quality football, a lot of a lot of nice stuff to look at. Not least the goal from mm. Enciso, wow. who who's a teenager. It's he's amazing, 19. isn't it? Yeah. I mean, he's from the Paraguayan league. What a scouting network Brighton have got. I mean, that is amazing, isn't it? You've plucked someone out of the Paraguayan League who's basically 17, 18. Mm. And within a year, he's ripping it up in the Premier League. He's scoring a worldie against against the champions. It's it's extraordinary. I think that was one of the goals of the season. When he lined that shot up, what would be going through his head? Is it it the classic, I'm 19, so I literally (laughs) don't care? I will have a pop at anything. I don't think he would have cared. Yeah, when you're 19, you're absolutely fearless. You don't right. think about anything. But it was magnificent. I mean, yeah. It, what, what I thought he should was, have been thinking about XG. <laughs> <laughs> what was amazing about it was that it wasn't a curl. Normally, mm. from like that sort of distance, sort of. you yeah, you would expect it to have a lot of curl on it. But it had a bit. No, it was more. He, he more driven, wasn't it? It was like a sort of knuckleball. Yeah. Well, yeah. The ball doesn't. It's one of those where you hit the ball and just stun it, and it kind of wobbles. It's yeah. kind of like and hitting it a, a beach plastic footballer. That's exactly what it was. Mm, that's that's exactly what it was. But it, I mean, you can't, the seagulls. They were at Brighton nice. for the seagulls. Yeah. You can't get more top bins than than that, can you? Mm-hmm. It, was, it was it was extraordinary, and a, and a great way for them to to round off what's been a, a fantastic campaign for them. I, I mean, yes. The, the stats were kind of remarkable. They'd had more shots against Man City in the opening 45 minutes than any other side in any competition has this season. 20 overall. That's the third most anyone has ever had against any yeah. Pep Guardiola side. A- against that, Man City had just won the title, so didn't have the same. I, I don't buy into that, though. Oh. I think Manchester City were trying here. I think that we shouldn't take anything away from that stat. I think Brighton can be a handful for anyone under Roberto De Zerbi. A lot of it was said about Pep Guardiola sort of killing De Zerbi with kindness ahead of the game, you know, over-bigging him up. I think he meant it. Mm. I, and, and for my end, looking at it, you know, as a total neutral, I think that De Zerbi is an elite head coach. I think he is the real deal. What, what do you like most about oh, him? Everything. But it, in possession, his players could not be more comfortable. They could not be more comfortable. You're seeing the goalkeeper rolling his yeah. studs over the ball, saying, come on then, come and get me. And it's, it's a game of cat and mouse every time they play out from the back. They really don't care about giving the ball away. They just laid back and, and believe in themselves in the way that they can play through anybody. But what I also love about them is the way they smother teams. And their press, I think, is, is as aggressive as anything I've seen. Basically, they... They lay traps, they wait, they wait, and then their central midfielders just sprint as fast as they can at the last minute to apply pressure. And it freaks teams out. And I, the, the numbers are incredible. In terms of Arsenal, because obviously I cover a lot of, of, well, cover all of Arsenal's games, the two matches where they produced the fewest number of successful passes were Brighton away and Brighton home. <laughs> That's not a coincidence. They they can smother any team, and it wouldn't surprise me if that was the same the same for Manchester City over the two games. Adrian, you've got to uh, leave us there to go and do a handbrake off podcast. Speaking of Arsenal, I have yeah. All so, right, well, um, enjoy enjoy. It's been yourself. a pleasure. Yeah. yeah, nice one. We'll catch up with you soon. I hope. Defo. Yeah, I think we're right. down for one more before the end of the season. Nice, excellent, Adrian Clark. Everyone, Duncan. Yeah, I mean, if you if you judge things on um, like open play XG in the Premier League this season, City have got the most on just over fifty seven, mm. um, and Brighton a, a second on fifty five. We could feasibly 
catch them up on the last day of the season. And wow, I mean, I don't think it's outlandish. Tom might agree or disagree, but to say that they're probably the best two teams in the continent right now. Yeah, I mean, in terms of like the quality of their football, um, they're probably the two most exciting teams in in the Premier League. Uh, and it, it as enjoyable as last night's game was. It's a shame there wasn't more riding on yeah. it. I'd love to see how Guardiola would approach a high-stakes game against Brighton because they are their, their setup is is so, is so unique and, as Adrian was saying, is so bold and so risky, which makes them such a thrilling watch. And I think Guardiola's respect is entirely genuine. You know, we are used to Guardiola sometimes talking up teams, um, perhaps thinking a little bit tactically about what he's doing. But I, I get the impression he genuinely has an awful lot of admiration for, for De Zerbi. Um, and I guess from a neutral perspective, you know, you talk about the possibility of Brighton losing players this summer. We're expecting um, Alexis McAllister to leave. Looks like Moises Caicedo will leave as well. Mm. I think for the for the Premier League, and particularly with this European campaign to prepare for, it would be great if they could hang on to De Zerbi for at least another season because you would have thought that Almost every big European club looking for a dynamic, um, you know, new coach will will have De Zerbi on their on their list. Indeed, so they've got Aston Villa away uh, this weekend. Man City, meantime, will be taking on the one side that they haven't beaten from the Premier League this season, and that is Brentford. Brentford, who were victorious at the Etihad in November, after which Ben Mee did a little video piece about how we stopped Erling Haaland. Do you think Erling Haaland will be keen to play this weekend? I think so, yeah. I mean, there's an argument he might be rested ahead of the FA Cup final. But, I mean, he he certainly looked keen as ever against Brighton. Obviously, had that, that goal disallowed um, for a shirt pull. But, yeah, I mean, Brentford, I think it's a shame in a way. And I, th- I hope... I think the Premier League obviously arranged the Brighton City game for the last week in the hope that there'd be you know a lot riding on it. As Tom was saying, that would have been excellent. I think... You know, City finishing with Brighton away and Brentford away is stylistically very different, but two of the hardest away trips you can have in the Premier League, and which is testament to those two clubs and where they've come from. But um, yeah, I think there's obviously not that that much riding on it on the final day. So. All right, if Brentford win though, and Villa, who are taking on Brighton and Spurs, who we mentioned, are up against Leeds, yeah. fail to win their games, then Brentford will be in Europe next season which you may or may not regard as good news. Elsewhere this weekend, Man United up against Fulham. Oh, Man United also playing Thursday night, today as we record. They only need one more point from these two matches to secure their top four finish uh, this season. If they were to lose both, though, again, that's Chelsea at home on Thursday night mm, and then at home to Fulham, then that would leave the door open for Liverpool, who are going to be away at Southampton at the weekend in what will be Ruben Sellers' final game in charge. Does that excite you, Tom, or is that done and dusted, the top four race? I would have thought it's mm. done and dusted, and I'm conscious that um, a lot of people will be listening to this potentially after oh, yeah. the Man United-Chelsea game. So it's a bit of a, a Schrodinger's oh, right. Let's not waste any more. fixture. Um, but, I mean, if, if United can't get a point at mm. home against this Chelsea team right. um, and then against Fulham, mm. then... Um, they yeah, don't deserve they, they to be in the top four. They don't deserve to the Champions League. <laughs> they don't deserve a top four spot. Right. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I would have thought they'll get over the line and that will, I was going to say, complete what's been a very successful season. Of course, there's still the FA Cup final to come. So yeah. much riding on that. But I mean, you know, when Ten Hag arrived... I think most United fans would have would have felt that a successful season would mean Champions League qualification, a piece of silverware. Right. Cristiano Ronaldo holding up a piece of silverware, perhaps at the end of the campaign. Yeah, I'm sure he'll get his hand on some kind of trinket at some well, point. When you he? were saying at the start of this show all those years ago about uh, things that you don't remember but actually were part of this season, and Cristiano Ronaldo was at Man United this season. Mm. Incredible. All right, what else is there this weekend? It's great to see him having such a good time in Saudi Arabia. It is, isn't it? it? Still got it. Arsenal are up against Wolves. Yulan Lopetegui making one or two noises about his future there. Seems like Ruben Neves may be heading out the door as well towards Barcelona. Uh, Also, Granit Xhaka, we're hearing, might be joining Xavi Alonso at uh, Bayer Leverkusen. A lot of X's. Mm. A lot of X's. Chelsea are up against Newcastle after their trip to Old Trafford on Thursday. 
Uh, and Crystal Palace play Nottingham Forest. First meeting between these clubs at Selhurst Park for 11 years. Curiously enough, Joe Ward and Wilfred Zaha were both playing that day, 11 years ago, for the Eagles. Huh. Uh, although, actually, I see Zaha won't be playing this time because he's injured, of course. Uh, right. Potentially Roy Hodgson's last game mm. as Palace manager for the second time. I think we can at least surmise that Roy Hodgson's lap around the pitch at Selhurst Park on the last day this season will be received slightly better than it was by the Watford fans. Did he get a loop? Oh, well, he yeah, was, he was appreciated right, yeah. by the Palace fans, but mm. the Watford fans were less than impressed mm. um, after his less than impressive spell as the Hornets boss. <laughs> nice. All right, then. Well, you know, those are all games that are taking place at 4.30 on Sunday. I mean, the only mm. thing... There are a lot of like games where nothing really rides, but sometimes that can be good on the last day. Oh man, the last day's brilliant. Last day's always good. There's always a there's always a, a story, isn't there? There's always a game. Someone will score. Mad. Someone will score six goals. A team will score six goals this week. We don't know who, but I bet it always. Happens. Remember that when Harry Kane was chasing down the golden boot mm. when he scored like seven in four days. Seven goals in four days or something. You got you know players with their own sort of personal objectives, and then you've got. You know, a team who, who are on the beach against the team who aren't quite on the beach. And, you know, funny, funny things happen. All right. 4.30 Sunday. And then we'll be back here on Monday to debate and deliberate over all of that. We're not finished for today, though, because next up, perhaps most excitingly of all, it's the Intertotally quarterfinal. It's time for the Intertotally Cup with proceeds going to Prostate Cancer UK. To find out more about Prostate Cancer UK's work in football, join Prostate FC, the biggest team in football taking on the most common cancer in men. Save lives from the pitch, the sofa and the stands. Visit prostatecancerukorg prostatefc. Into totally time. Five contestants remain in this year's competition. They include producer Charlie, strangely, and Rory Smith. They'll be facing each other in a semi. And then on the other side of the draw... There's two-time champion Michael Cox, who is awaiting the winner of today's quarterfinal. Let's meet the contestants. Up first, like his beloved Nottingham Forest, he stayed in this competition longer than many would have expected, and you'd be a fool to underestimate this tricky tree. Give it up for the East Midlands finest, Matt Davis-Adams, a.k.a. M.D.A. Matt, welcome back. Great to be here. Absolutely. What what a competition, what an intertotal it's been for you this season. Never got past the first round, but this time you put out a former finalist, Benji. Yeah, it feels like that was last season, to be fair. Mm. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. All right, but you've been enjoying it and you're looking forward to this and the chance to take on Michael Cox in the semi-final. Yeah, it's a big honour to get the chance to lose to Michael in the semi, that's for sure. Nice. Well, let's meet the man you're up against today, though. And his opponent... He's the author of Do You Speak Football, a book that's variously been described as definitive, amusing, and three stars for effort, but a pretty difficult read. From the Principality of Wales, it's Tom Williams. Tom, it's you. It's me. I didn't know. I didn't know Ben was re-recording his intros for each round. Yeah, producer Ben there. Yeah. Well, really, really good event to celebrate another great underdog story. You'd never so much as answered a question correctly, and yet here you are. In the that is outrageous, Lander James. <laughs> oh, I'd, sorry, no. You'd had a, a really I'd, bad. I'd set answered of... plenty of right, questions yeah. correctly, just not in the right order. Not... <laughs> okay, yeah. And you knocked out uh, Adrian in the yes. last round. Yeah, on a tie break. Yeah, bit of a thriller, bit of a nail biter. Right, it might, um, it might take one of those today. Well, who knows? I mean, I feel like you know the pressure's off. I guess Matt would say the same, but mm. you know, we're two two rookies here, and since the start of the competition, I've been just you know trying to try and enjoy the occasion, nice. not get too had up about it. So hopefully that'll carry me through to the to the last four. We shall see. Whoever does go through to the semi-finals will also receive a ten pound sum, which a live score bet would uh, place on the wager of your choice, with the eventual winnings going to Prostate Cancer UK. Tom, what would your bet be? Um, I'm going to go for. Everton, Leeds and Leicester to all win. 
on Sunday. Wow. All right. A scenario which would, of course, see the Toffees staying up. Matt? Uh, I'm going for a goal-filled last day. I'm going to say over two and a half goals in every Premier League game on Sunday. Madness. All right. Let's see how many correct answers we get then as we get the questions underway. All right. Who wants to go first? Matt? Tom? Who wants the first question? I'm happy to. Silence. Matt, you happy to have it? Okay, here it comes. Question one for you, Matt. Which Premier League winning player from the 1990s had this career path? Gillingham, Norwich, Manchester United. Steve Bruce. Ooh, he's gone in early. But was he correct? Yes, he was. It was Steve Bruce. I could have continued. uh, Gillingham, Norwich, Manchester United, Birmingham City, Sheffield United, and then my downstairs neighbour. There you go. Uh, Tom, can you match Matt's correct answer? Your first question is, which Premier League winning player from the 1990s had this career path? Leeds United, Blackburn Rovers, Newcastle United, Leeds United. Started at Leeds, went to Blackburn Rovers. Newcastle United followed next before a return to Leeds United. Premier League winning player from the 1990s. Matt went early with his answer. Tom leaving it so very, very late in time now, beginning to run out. Tom's staring into the middle distance. Yeah, I know know it's a Blackburn player, but I'm just going through the team and trying to think who came from Leeds. Mm. Who? Have you you got an answer for us, Tom? Leeds, Blackburn Rovers, Newcastle, and then Leeds again. Okay. Um, Jason Wilcox. It is not. It was David Batty. David, because it f***ing was. <laughs> <laughs> Only question one, Tom. Only question one. Here comes question two. Why don't you start this set of, uh, of poses for us? Uh, Peter Schmeichel, your question, Tom. Peter Schmeichel once scored a Premier League goal. Which club was he playing for when he did it? Peter Schmeichel scored a Premier League goal. But for whom? When he was Aston Villa. He's correct. And now you're level. Well, Quick as a flash, the tables have turned. Matt, how will you respond as I ask you? Six keepers have scored a Premier League goal. Which of the following, though, didn't ever achieve that career milestone? Brad Friedel, Tim Howard and Casey Keller. Casey Keller. Is correct. And he's back a point and in front. On to question three, then. Matt, which European club am I describing? They have won their domestic league nine times. They're the only club from their country to have ever won the Champions League or European Cup. They've been managed by Eric Gerets, Andre Villas-Burs and Marcelo Bielsa. And they were once embroiled in a bribery scandal which led to some of their honours being stripped. Marseille? Is correct. Is correct. Tom, you knew that, didn't you? Yeah. But do you know this? Which European club am I describing? They've won their domestic league 22 times. They're the only club from their country to have ever won a European trophy. They have been managed by Frank Rijkaard, Roberto Mancini and Georges Hagi. And one of their former managers almost caused a riot with an extremely provocative act after a cup final against a local rival. Is it Galatasaray? It is. It is. Ooh, still just one point in it as we head into the fourth pair of questions. Tom, again, I'll come to you first. Who was Roy Keane talking about when he said, I rang him, it went to his voicemail, what's Robbie up? Robbie Savage. It's correct. What's up? Like the Budweiser ad, I thought, I can't be signing that. Indeed so. All right, Matt, your question. To preserve your one-point lead. Who was Roy Keane talking about when he said... If it had come to a fight, he probably could have killed me. Ooh. If it had come to a fight, he probably could have killed me. Who was Roy Keane talking about? I absolutely do not know this. Uh, Peter Schmeichel? Patrick Vieira. Patrick Vieira. And that means... I would have guessed Peter Schmeichel, to be honest, if, uh, mm. if it had been me. But it wasn't. But it wasn't. And that means, Tom, you're level going into the final question. Who goes first? Who wants it first? He wants it more. Got me, Tom, seeing as I kicked it off. All right, then, Tom. Tom. 
So this, to really put the pressure on Matt Davis-Adams, which manager has taken charge of the following nations? One of them is his home country. United Arab Emirates, Kuwait, Ghana, South Africa, Brazil and Saudi Arabia. Time again, please. Uh, United Arab Emirates, Kuwait, Ghana, South Africa, Brazil and Saudi Arabia. And he's from one of those nations. Is it Carlos Alberto Pereira? It is. It is, Tom. Which means, Matt, you need this. You need mm. this to force a tiebreaker. Which manager has taken charge of the following nations? And yes, one of them is his home country. United Arab Emirates, Iraq, Netherlands, South Korea, Belgium, Russia and Serbia. Ooh. This is tricky. Can I have the countries again, of please? Of course. And one of them is his home nation. United Arab Emirates, Iraq, Netherlands, South Korea, Belgium, Russia, and Serbia. This is really tricky. One more time, please. United Arab Emirates, Iraq, Netherlands, South Korea, Belgium, Russia, and Serbia. I honestly don't know this. Hmm. A manager from one of those nations. I don't think it's Gus Hiddink, because I don't think he ever did Belgium. Right, this is, this is a guess. Yeah. And it comes with congratulations to Tom for his place in the semi-final. Bert van Marwijk is incorrect. It was. <gasps> Tom, do you know? Is it Gus Hiddink? No. Oh, that would have been bitter. No, it was Dick Advocat. <laughs> oh. What an extraordinary career path he's been having quietly yeah. while you were looking the other way. My word, Matt. Well, look, I'll be an advocate for Tom in the semis and wish him all the best. Oh, beautifully done. Congratulations, Mr. Williams. You're through to the next round of the Intertotally Cup. And if you think that Tom's onto a winner with his bet, you'll find the latest odds on LiveScoreBet.com or the LiveScoreBet app. It's over 18s only. Full account terms apply. And of course, please bet responsibly and be gambleaware.org. Congratulations, Tom. Semi-finals. Semi-finals. What was your score in that, by the way? Was that was it four out of five, I think? Yeah, should have got David Batty as well. Yeah. Should have got David Batty. But four out of five, I mean, just to put things in perspective, Michael Cox, blah, blah, blah. He only got four out of five in his quarterfinals. So, you know. Basically doing a Wales, just sort of stink the place out for about 60 years and then reach a, a major semi-final. Mm. That's, the, that's the vibe. Tom Williams on fire. Michael Cox is terrified. Williams Cox is a... That's a Pretty juicy semi. Yeah. A lot of personal animosity well, yeah, as well. Yeah, so. a lot of, yeah. That's one side of the draw. The other one is pie-fingering producer Charlie and Rory Smith. So uh, not sure which of those we'll have on Monday, but one of them. One of the finalists will be determined in our next Totally Football show, so that's well worth tuning in for. Uh, we'll also uh, be finding time to discuss the final weekend in the Premier League and other events like those uh, playoff finals. But for now, that's it. Uh, listen, we'll let you go. Many thanks for being with us. And to Adrian Clark and Tom and to Duncan and producer Charlie. And uh, have a great weekend. And we'll speak to you Monday. You've been listening to The Totally Football Show, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Discover bonus video content by searching for The Totally Football Show on YouTube and see the very latest subscription offers at theathletic.com slash totally. The Totally Football Show is an athletic media company production and sponsored by LiveScore Bet. Get the latest football betting odds at LiveScoreBet.com. It's over 18s only. Please bet responsibly and be gambleaware.org. The Athletic. Hey. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.